Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guest on the Goodyear Hotline. Been a crazy, busy, fun day today. Plenty of time for calls in this hour. But right now, it is my delight to welcome in the host of the Hoop Collective podcast. My buddy Brian Winhorst is on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Good morning, Wendy. Hey, Greeny. Well, so so I want to go back to a conversation you and I had on this show sometime around the NBA All-Star break. And you were the first one who kind of put on my radar, because at that point I'm still you know, knee-deep in all the football stuff that I'm covering. You were the one who put on my radar. The second half of the NBA season is going to be a mad dash to the finish, and you're going to hear a lot of people complaining about it, and there's going to be concerned about injuries and all of that. You were the first one who put that in my head. Fast forward here all these months later, and we have an unprecedented number of superstar players being injured in the playoffs. We've already had nine All-Stars miss at least one playoff game. That's the most ever. That doesn't include Trey Young because he wasn't an All-Star, but reasonably he's 10. And now Giannis certainly looks like he'll miss time, which would mean 11. So, Wendy, as you are well aware, there are a lot of people, including LeBron James, who are putting those two together. Is that fair? Is it reasonable to say the second-half schedule is the reason that we are seeing all this in the playoffs? I don't think that we know because, you know, for example, Giannis lands, you know, unfortunately in this game, and it looked so bad, and it's gut-wrenching. And you could say, and I would have a hard time telling you you were wrong, that that could happen if he had had three years off. Mm -hmm. Um, That, you know, the Trey Young stepped backwards on the official's foot, and that's a terrible bit of misfortune, and that that could happen in any basketball game in history. And I would agree with that. Uh, And then you have people that say, well, you know, Giannis had a sore calf, and so maybe his calf muscle was weakened, and, you know, him landing, maybe if his calf muscle was stronger, he wouldn't have had that happen. Maybe if Jamal Murray, who was playing on a sore knee, I mean, people have torn their ACLs playing basketball since basketball's been played. They could say it just happens, and other people would say, well, he was playing on a sore knee, and that led to that. It was a compensation uh, led to the injury, and I don't know who's right. I think all we can look at is see we have an unprecedented number of injuries followed by an unprecedented uh, you know, schedule, and the league has pushed back on LeBron as strong as they are ever going to push back on him by saying the data doesn't support it, but... It can be a he said, he said, or by whatever they want to say. We have a lot of injuries. We just played a crazy season. There, there's got to be some relation to it. I'm not smart enough to know what it is, but let's just be honest with ourselves. No, I, I think that's a fair answer. Wendy with us here. Again, each of the individual injuries, I went through them one by one at the beginning. Almost all of them can be explained away, as you're pointing out, to things that could have easily happened Anyway, that routinely do happen anyway. They, don't, they just usually don't happen to all the best players at a time. And, and so what this sets up for me, Wendy, as one who has loved the sport all my life, is this terrible concern that no matter how this thing ends up now, it's going to feel tainted. That I'm envisioning a scenario in which the Phoenix Suns win the championship. Chris Paul finally wins his first championship. And he beat the Lakers without AD, the Nuggets without Jamal Murray, the Clippers without Kawhi, and the Bucks without... Giannis, and there's just no way that that isn't going to be the storyline. Is that, how do you see it? 
Greeny, I know you didn't mean to do this, but you just got my backup because this is one of those topics that really irritates me, and I don't mean to insult anybody. Go. There is no such thing as an asterisk championship. The, the difficulty and the injuries that have happened on the way to the championship is the reason why the championship is so damn hard to win. Mm. And, and this is something that uh, ooh, my friend Bill Simmons wrote an entire book where he went through ad nauseum all of the championships in the history of the NBA, and he goes, that gets an asterisk, that gets an asterisk, that gets an asterisk, and it drives me nuts because the, the, the challenge of winning the title isn't just winning four out of the seven games against the team that you play against in the finals. It's the entire process to get there. It is overcoming injuries. It is overcoming drama. It is overcoming adversity. And so to me, winning this championship is more valuable than the others because, you know, look at the Los Angeles Clippers. Just look at them, Greeny. Look at the position that they are in. They are missing three core players right now. But I could sit here and make a case for you that they might have the best chance to win this especially if Giannis is going to be out for a period of time here, because I do think they've got some traction against the Suns. And what if they win that? What if they do win it? Are you going to look at them and say they haven't overcome that that isn't a championship? Last year, people were saying this is an asterisk. Come on, man. These guys lived in a bubble for four months, didn't get to see their families. You don't think that's worth it? I mean, I have this mantra, uh, Greeny, that I've learned from two decades covering the league. When you win a championship, it means never saying you're sorry. It is so hard to win. And I know it's not hard like inventing a cancer drug or, you know, you know digging the, 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 you know, the, the Panama Canal. I understand this perspective. We're talking about sports. But in terms of the, of the accomplishments in the game, it is the toughest thing you can possibly do. And so if you're able to hold that trophy at the end, no matter what you had to do to get it, you are champion. And you should never say sorry to anybody for it. I love it. My I, my new favorite Wendy is a fired up Wendy. But make sure I find a way to get your backup every single time that we talk. I love it, I'm Brian Winters. With no, believe me, giving giving stuff gold like that on the radio means never having to say you're sorry. I promise you, and I love it. The great Brian Winhorst is with me here uh, again. The podcast is called the Hoop Collective. Okay, a few other things I wanted to ask you about. Um, uh, going around the league with a couple of different things here because I was going to play before we were able to get you live on the show today. I was going to play two sound bites from your Hoop Collective podcast. Uh, one of them was about Damian Lillard because I felt like over the weekend there was a lot of talk about Damian Lillard possibly being traded. And on your podcast, you suggested you you do not think that is likely. I'd love you to pick up the thought from there. Look, I'm just going to be honest, Greeny. There is absolutely saber rattling coming from the Lillard side of things about whether or not he is going to want out or not. And my position on this, having listened to the saber rattling, if I can be blunt, either do it or don't do it. Okay. If you want to be traded, ask to be traded. But what his position is greeny is he is unsteady about where the blazers are going, but he doesn't want to have to get, you know, blood on his hands. He doesn't want to have to say something about the coach. He doesn't want to have to tell the people of Portland who he is reassured he's not going anywhere for a long time that he's not going to do it. And so he's stuck between this rock and a hard place where he's not happy about where he, about his situation, and he, do, but he doesn't want to go through 
what he'd have to go through and, and the bonds he would have to break, the bonds that he respects. It's not just about personally inconvenience himself. He really loves his teammates. He, I honestly believe he really loves the city of Portland. He doesn't want to hurt him. So, but this is a business, and nobody knows this more than Dame. So I'd say, Dame, stop rattling the saber. Either ask for the trade or commit yourself to the team. And I'm not saying he's got to give his answer today. But he is agreed to play for Team USA, which, by the way, is a huge sacrifice. And not only did he agree to play for Team USA, he helped the Team USA put the team together by recruiting players. And now we've assembled uh, maybe not our A-plus team, but an A-minus team to go over there and win the gold medal, which was not going to be easy. They finished seventh in the last big competition that they had. I respect this guy immensely, but when it comes to this, Stop saber-rattling. Just do it or don't. And he has not gotten to the point where he said, I want to be traded. And so until he says that, I don't think it's going to happen. And I think that's what, you know, Neil O'Shea, is, is the GM of the Blazers, is basically saying, trust me, I'm working as hard as I can here, and I'm going to try to do some stuff in this offseason, and I just hired the coach that I think is going to do it. Trust me or not. And so that's where I think Dame is, and he's got a period of time here to decide which side of the line he's on. Really good. One more from you, Wendy, and that is also from the podcast. You were talking about Donovan Mitchell and his long-term future and the way Dwayne Wade is viewing that. I'd love you to share that stuff. Yeah, so Dwayne Wade was brought into the Utah Jazz for basically one reason. And, yes, I know he bought in, and I don't, in, in fairness, I don't know the terms of the deal, but he was brought in, he, he was basically brought in as a partner. And, you know, he didn't have to pay retail price. The guys who just bought the uh, – the, the, the L.A. Uh, Lakers, 25% of the L.A. Lakers are going to pay a billion dollars for mm-hmm. that. Dame Lillard did not pay uh, full prices. And the reason he didn't was because Ryan Smith, the new owner of the Jazz, needs Dwayne Wade to keep Donovan Mitchell in Utah and to keep their next star player who may not be sure he wants to be there in Utah. That is Dwayne Wade's number one priority. You can say that he's going to mentor the guys. You can say that he's going to work with their community relations. You can say that he's going to frame their branding and stuff like that, stuff that he does in his business. And that's all true. But his number one job is to keep Donovan Mitchell in Utah. And Donovan Mitchell's commitment to the Jazz is a little bit shaken right now by the way things went down this last year. And so the changes that are going to be happening to the Jazz, the first domino has already fallen Dennis Lindsay, who was a very highly successful um, president, built that team from scratch in a market that free agents don't typically want to go to that hasn't had a ton of lottery luck. They, they drafted their star players. Donovan was 13th. Rudy Gobert was like 27th. They, got, they, didn't, you know, they didn't win the lottery to get there. But he was, he was brushed aside because of issues that existed. And I expect more changes to come to the Jazz with Dwayne Wade's input. And so I expect – when the changes happen, that you're going to see Dwayne Wade's fingerprints on them. And Dwayne and and uh, Donovan Mitchell are represented by the same uh, agency, CAA, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're involved in some of this stuff too. I'm already saying that Shane Battier, uh, a guy who was won two titles alongside uh, Dwayne Wade, is a guy who's a candidate to join their front office. We may see more stuff like that because while Donovan Mitchell isn't high on the list of players um, who teams out there think you know, could, you know, make noise. He is still on the list. I promise you there are guys, he is sort of in the, uh, the watch list and Ryan Smith, the new owner of the jazz is very smart and he's very aware of this and he's making some hard decisions to try to protect him because he knows how valuable Donovan is for the next decade plus. 
Oh, this was just exceptional. Again, the podcast is called The Hoop Collective. You've just received 12 minutes worth of reason. You should be listening to it regularly. Wendy, thank you, my friend. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Green. Have a good day. That's Brian Windhorst. The Western Conference Finals are right here on ESPN Radio tonight. Game 6, Clippers-Suns, presented by Indeed. Coverage 830 Eastern on most of these ESPN Radio stations. Coming up next, are we seeing the greatest season any individual player has ever had? The answer might be yes, and I'll tell you who next ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. This is Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests, and today they were spectacular. Rob Dibble, unbelievable. Brian Winhorst, phenomenal. Both and always on the Goodyear hotline, so great fun. So anyway, I was uh, perusing Twitter this morning, and I came across the following tweet. When you tweet all that stuff out, guess what? We got it. My favorite tweet of the day. Baseball writer Joel Sherman tweeted the following. He tweeted, a guy with a 258 ERA and 11 starts is on pace to hit 55 home runs. This after Shohei Otani hit two more home runs last night. He now leads the majors, and he's on pace to hit 55 home runs. And, and so I started thinking, Nuno, jump in here with me a second. I started thinking about this today, and we don't have Hembo with us today, but we don't need Hembo because this feels to me like it goes beyond baseball. I'm trying to figure out what to compare this to. Shohei Otani is genuinely one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's not the best, but he's one of the better pitchers in baseball, and he is on pace to hit 55 home runs. Is this that when is the last time we saw something like this? So I made some notes. For myself here, and you tell me what you think of this. All right, staying in the same sport, 
Babe Ruth is 17th all-time in ERA and obviously hit 714 home runs. But there is no season like this. I went back and checked it this morning just to make sure that the the off-the-top-of-my-head information is accurate. But when Babe Ruth was pitching for the Red Sox, and he was a dominant left-handed pitcher, he wasn't hitting home runs left and right. He was hitting a few, and this was at a time when most people didn't hit more than a few, but it wasn't until he stopped being a pitcher and came to the Yankees that all of a sudden he was hitting more home runs than the rest of the American League. So I don't think you... I, I. I'm not suggesting Shohei Otani is superior to Babe Ruth, but I'm saying there's no one season, Nuno, of Ruth's that I think if you put the two of them together is greater than this. Is that a reasonable conclusion? Sounds very reasonable. Right? Because Ruth, of course, never hit more than 60 home runs. We know that was the record, and it lasted a very long time. We don't know that Otani is going to hit 55 home runs. But if he does, and he finishes the season having basically made a spot in a regular rotation for the majority of the season and finishes with an ERA under three, then I think we have to start talking about it that way. The the next example I came up with is, you tell me if this is a reasonable one. Tiny Archibald, Nate Tiny Archibald, was and remains the only player ever to lead the NBA in scoring and assists in the same season. No player ever did it before him and no player has done it since. I know Oscar Robertson had the triple-doubles. I know Russell Westbrook had the triple-doubles. What neither of them have in common is a whole lot of winning, and, of course, Otani's team doesn't figure to do that either. But is there a better example of a basketball season that I'm not thinking of? The best I could come up with was Nate Archibald. What do you think, Nuno? I think I think basketball is the only other sport that something like this could happen, right? Because like, in football – Guys aren't playing offense and defense and having that type of effect. So it becomes, did someone, did Jordan lead the league in scoring and was the and was best defensive player, player of the year in the year, same year? Something of that nature, like you lead the, uh, you know, lead in scoring and you lead in steals. I think, you know, I think Al right, Iverson might have that. Did Iverson do that? That, that would be a good one. Uh, basketball, of course, is the sport. Which, I mean, in baseball, you play offense and defense also, so you can be the best you know, but generally they're not pitchers, right? But I mean, you know, a guy like Johnny Bench or Yogi Berra playing these incredibly challenging defensive positions and and also hitting all the home runs they did and doing all the rest of that. Like, this is the kind of company that Otani is keeping, I think. It's what I find myself thinking of. Yours is better than mine, you know. Your example, has, has there ever been, I should have done the research on this before, but I didn't think of it till you just said it. Is there an example of a player winning like defensive player of the year and still averaging like 25 points a game? Something like that. That would be a good one. That would be the one I'd compare to Watani. Now, you mentioned football. Obviously, there is no recent comparison. So I went back and looked this up. In 1943, Sammy Ball led the NFL in passing. He led the NFL in punting. And he led the NFL interceptions with 11 He was a quarterback, a defensive back, and the punter. But this is 1943. So that's if if that is actually the example that we have to come up with, I think it's making my point that we have to go back, whatever that is, 78 years to come up with something that is comparable. So the, the thesis that I'm trying to arrive at here is that whatever attention Shohei Otani's season is getting, I think it's not enough. I don't think we're making a big enough deal of this. Like sometimes people will accuse the media of making too big a deal of something. I think we're not making nearly big enough a deal of this. 
This man is leading. We are tomorrow is going to be July first, and he's leading Major League Baseball in home runs, and he has a two fifty eight ERA. I think we're not making a big enough deal of this. And Rob Dibble, in in and when he just kind of went off in our first hour today, brought that up briefly about all the things in baseball that we're not celebrating because we're so busy talking about the sticky stuff and all the rest of that. Now, whose fault is that? I don't know. Is it the media's fault? Should we be paying more attention to this? Maybe. But for whatever the point is, I think we're not paying enough attention to what Otani is doing. It is one of the greatest seasons that any player has had in any sport that I can think of. Go ahead, Nuno. So from... So the 2000 and 2001 and 2001 and 2002 season, so back-to-back, Iverson did lead the league in scoring and in assists. And, I know, steals. And in steals. Me. Yes. So that's pretty good. Those are two totally that, – that, that's two – and that's an offensive category and a defensive category. I do like that. Uh, th- th- that's the kind of thing that you put into this. So there's no point in us sitting here talking about who's having a greater season, Shohei Otani right now or Allen Iverson in 2001. That's not the point of this. The point of the thesis I'm trying to arrive at here is that this is where we have to go. We got to go 20 years ago to Iverson. We got to go 50 years ago to Tiny Archibald. We got to go 80 years ago to Sammy Baugh. I, I think this season that Otani is having is that good. I'd like to hear what, what other people think. But right now, you know, I, I thought to myself, we haven't gotten a lot of calls in this week. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. I feel like everybody's hot. Everybody's aggravated. A lot of things. It feels like a day for grievances. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. No. You're going to hear about it. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776 is my number. The grievance line is open. You can air your sports grievances live next here on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase. We are 30 seconds from opening up the grievance line. Your chance to wear your grievances here with us on ESPN Radio. We'll do that in 30 seconds after this word from Rumble On. Do you have a motorcycle, ATV, or even a truck that's sitting in your garage you've been waiting to sell? With RumbleOn.com, you can easily turn your unused vehicle into cash in minutes. 
RumbleOn.com will give you a cash offer for your vehicle. Pick it up for free anytime, anywhere. They can even finance your next Harley, Polaris, Can-Am, Yamaha, and even more if you're just looking to upgrade. See what RumbleOn can do for you by visiting RumbleOn.com. Fast bikes, faster cash. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. All right, Cam is in for Bubba today, and Cam's got the grievance lines ready to go. Cam, who's our first caller? Kivon is up first, Greeny. It's an interesting choice of music, by the way. I'm I'm just listening to the to the music. You've chosen sort of a mellow vibe, I think, for the grievance line, which I like. I'm not against it. I, it took me aback, but I'm recovering. Tell me again. Did you say Devon? Kivon is up next. Sorry okay. for the choice in music. No, no, don't be sorry. I like the choice of music. It's nice. I I'm a little taken aback by it, but one way or another, we're good here. I'm sorry. Did you say Tivon? <laughs> Kivon with the K like Keyshawn. Okay, sorry. <laughs> We're having all kinds of trouble getting this thing started. Kivon, you're on ESPN Radio. Feel free, my friend, to air your grievance. Hey, Granny, love the show, man. Love all you guys, all the hashtag crew, him, all you guys. Just want to say, like, can we just, I'm just tired of everybody complaining about all the injuries in the NBA. Like, I get it. People get hurt. It happens in sports all the time. This is probably one of my favorite NBA playoffs right now because it's just it's so unknown can we just enjoy the unknown like that's all i'm saying well look i appreciate the grievance i'm glad we were able to allow you to air it there are no words to describe how much i disagree with your point which is that we should be enjoying the unknown nature of this postseason this postseason with all these injuries is heartbreaking and devastating And the best thing about the NBA postseason is generally you get to see the best players in the world in the biggest games of the year. So if if watching the Clippers without Kawhi and the Bucks without Giannis and the Hawks without Trey Young is delightful for you, then, then Kivan, I'm happy for you. There are no words to describe how strongly I disagree with the take, but that's what the grievance line is for. You get to air your grievance, and I should have allowed it to be without judgment for me. Cam, let's move on. Who's next? Matt is up next. He's ready to go. All right, Matt, air your grievance. First of all, there's no music that's going to soothe me uh, <laughs> in relation to my grievance. Jim Harbaugh's Michigan's football coach <laughs> is my biggest grievance. For the love of God, you can't beat Ohio State. You lose to scrubs team, scrub teams every year, and you're still the football coach? Come on, Greeny. I appreciate the grievance. I know there are so many Michigan fans who feel that way. I- I don't want to. I don't want to even respond because I feel bad now that I responded to Kavan. The whole point of being able to air your grievance is just being able to air it. Like sometimes you just want to air your grievance. Like like my my wife Stacey used to say to me all the time when she would say something bad was happening, something she was complaining about something. I would always try and fix it, and she'd say, "Michael, don't you know? I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen to me." And I, so I figured that out. It only took me about twenty years into our marriage, but I finally figured that out. That sometimes you just want someone to say, "I know." That stinks. It's awful that that's happening. So I should have said that the first time, and I'll say it now. Even though I don't fully agree with your Harbaugh take, Matt, I I am going to just give you what I think you need in your aggrieved state, which is I'm going to say, man, I'm sorry you feel that way. It's got to be rough. All right. Now, the music change has been a pleasant change here. Well, who's next up? Cam. Henry is up next. Henry, you're on ESPN Radio. Go ahead and air your grievance. What's up, Greeny? First time, long time. Listen, my grievance 
is our fans that wear jerseys of teams that are not playing in the stadium they are attending. So on Friday, last Friday, I'm at a Mets-Phillies doubleheader, and this guy's walking around in a Yankees 25 jersey with Torres stitched on the back. That's another no-no. It just drives me nuts. Oh, I love that one. See, that is a great grievance. I agree. So, are we all in agreement? I like that one enough that I have to live in it a minute. Are we in agreement that it is a social faux pas to go to a game wearing the jersey of a team that is not playing in that game? Like you're going to – you go. I, I, he just gave you the example. The Mets and the Phillies are playing and you're wearing a Yankee jersey. A Yankee jersey feels a little more, at least if the Mets, like like I would say something totally random. Like if you go see the, the Mets play the Phillies and you're wearing like a Packers jersey or something like that. Like I agree, that is out of place. Like do you not own anything else? Like I can see a Yankee fan wearing that to a Met game because you're kind of trying to rile people up. What I find most interesting or maybe most offensive is is the totally random jersey. Like, if you're wearing, let's even stay in the same sport. If I had gone to the, see the Knicks play the Hawks in the player, last best game I attended was Knicks-Hawks game one of that series. If someone in there is wearing an Oklahoma City Thunder jersey, it would lead me to ask them the question, do you not own anything else? <laughs> like, what, what exactly was the thought process behind thinking, you know, I'm going to a basketball game. I own a basketball jersey. I can think of nothing better to wear than this. Or, or, or Nuno, is it appropriate just to represent your team at all times? Is, is, that, is, is, is that guy just repping his squad, and is that actually N- perfectly appropriate? No, it's, there's no reason to ever do that. And you should only wear jerseys at a game that you're going to to root for your team. Yeah. I agree. I'm not a huge jersey guy anyway. Like I don't, I don't wear jerseys practically ever. Um, but but I certainly appreciate the wearing of them. I like that grievance a lot. Greeny, with you. Here's a little straight talk. Be your own hotspot with Straight Talk's Ultimate Unlimited plan. Get 10 gigs of hotspot data for just 55 bucks a month. All on America's largest, most dependable networks. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. Compatible device required. See StraightTalk.com. Cam, who's next? Now, don't get confused here, Greeny. Your producer's name is Nuno, but Nino is up next. Okay. Nino, you're on ESPN Radio. Go ahead and air your grievance. Greens, what's happening, man? But how you doing? This is a grievance that I want to bring out there. And it just goes with the name. Your name matches it all. I don't know why people get on my jets like that all the time. It's Yeah, we've been losing forever. I actually live in the same town that Joe Namath lives in, and I've seen him a couple of times. One of the greatest quarterbacks that I know because it's my team. But, you know what I'm saying, can we get off the Jets, man? We got a, we got a good little pick. We got a couple of good picks coming up in the next couple of drafts. Man, let us get our, 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 you know, our little bit of shine, man. We made some good picks. We should be appreciated for that. You know what I'm saying? The season didn't start yet. Give us some love. Okay. I like it. I like the grievance. I actually kind of share your view um, look, last season's Jets deserved every single bit of negative commentary imaginable, particularly the coach. Um, so I take back none of that. This year, if anyone is sort of downgrading the Jets, I think that they're just missing the forest for the trees. The Jets have become kind of a popular butt of the joke 
And and I, I, I shouldn't have phrased it that way because I was about to bring up the butt fumble. Um, but like they've had a lot of these kind of moments that live in infamy that I think people tend to gravitate to. Also, so much of the sports media is from New York. There's like, like the Jets have a disproportionate amount of fans out there in the media relative to how relevant they've been generally. So <clears throat> I know from having hosted Mike and Mike for 18 years and now doing this, I, I, there are no words to describe how much people will complain to me. Why do you talk about them so much when they stink? They're not relevant. They're not interesting. And, and I think people then have it in for them. Then I think people had it in for Rex because Rex brought it on himself. I think he liked that. He's still that way. To know Rex is to love him, but to not know him is to hate him. <laughs> like, I totally understand hating Rex Ryan. If he'd been the coach of any other team and I hadn't gotten to know him right now, I would hate Rex Ryan. And a lot of people do. So I think that that, that is why that kind of has developed over the course of time. Um, that said, I agree with you. The Jets are headed in the right direction. I, I think how good they're going to get is going to depend on how good the quarterback is. But this kid they drafted, Zach Wilson, if he is the goods, and everyone who evaluates this stuff tells me he was the right pick there, if he is the goods, I think they're headed in the right direction. They've remade the offensive line. They've given him weapons like the Jets have not had in a very long time. Uh, Some pieces on defense that should get better, get some guys back who opted out. I think the Jets played a very good division. They could finish last in their division but still be dramatically improved. So, you know, they were 2-14 and last year, so – I could see them winning six, seven games this year, and that would be a big step in the right direction towards taking a leap in year two. So that was a good, uh, Nino, that was a good take. Thank you. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. I like this. Let's do another one. Go ahead, Cam. Who's next? Mark is up next. Mark, Mark. go ahead. Mark, air your grievance. Okay. Uh, I have a big grievance. Uh, Greeny, we're the same age, basically, Mm -hmm. and – have you forgotten about the movie Cannonball Run and Terry Bradshaw driving that overheating hot rod Camaro all the way across the country? Mm, should have thought of that. You know, that's a good take and that's a good grievance. So I want to explain to anyone who wasn't listening an hour ago what he's talking about. So I did a green list today in honor of Mike Tyson's 55th birthday. I did a green list of the five funniest cameo performances by athletes by people from sports in comedy movies and i did not name bradshaw or anyone from cannonball run cannonball run is a good movie of our youth i liked it there were a lot of athletes in that joe klecko was in that movie as i recall bradshaw had a big part bradshaw has been very funny in a lot of things bradshaw's actually a decent actor what was the movie he was in with matthew mcconaughey in which it was actually like a dramatic performance it wasn't just he wasn't playing terry bradshaw failure to launch what was it Failure to launch. Failure to launch. Was, I, I, I'd heard people say, I don't think I ever saw that movie. Was it good? I never watched it, but I am a big fan of his reality show that he did with his family. Yeah. Like, that was pretty funny. Terry's a fascinating guy. I like him a lot. I've, I've got a great personal Terry Bradshaw story that I can tell um, at some point soon here. But one way or another, that's a good grievance. I appreciate the grievance. I liked it. Let me do one more. Go ahead. Uh, Cam, give me one more griever. We're going to Ryan. All right, Ryan, you are aggrieved, and this is your outlet. Go. Greeny, my grievance is, and I want your take as a golfer, you know, golf can be expensive. When you go to a place and they've got punch greens, Mm. 
should there be a discounted rate, especially some of these places? I don't want to throw the place we went to under the bus, but should there should be a discounted green fee for punch greens? Your thoughts? Okay, let's talk about that. Leave him up a second there. Is the answer to that, did they inform you ahead of time? Like, you should be informed. Did you find out that the greens were punched? For those who don't know what he means, um, there is something that, 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 that they do on golf courses, which is called aeration. And the way they grow the grass, they, they need every now and again to punch a whole bunch of holes, like a, a, a million little tiny holes in different parts of the golf course. They'll do it on the tee box sometimes. They'll do it on the fairway sometimes. When they do it on the greens, it really impacts your ability to enjoy the round. It, 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 it makes the putting much less than it should be. So let me ask you this. Did you discover the greens were aerated on the first green, or did they tell you before you went out? They did not tell us Okay, then, then yes. And the Th- fairways were punched as well. That's a disgrace. Then that is a disgrace. If the fairways are punched, you should be able to roll your ball. I firmly believe you should be able to roll your ball. A whole other discussion we can have sometime will be, I don't understand why we have to play out of divots. I think you should be able to roll out of divots also. But for the purposes of this, if they didn't tell you ahead of time that the greens were aerated, when you discover that, you should absolutely be allowed to go back to the starter and say, I want either I want my money back or I want to play this at a discount. If there's no forewarning, that, that, that is not, you are not getting what you paid for. You are not getting what you paid for. If, if you go see Hamilton and Lynn isn't in the show that night, you should get your money back or you should be allowed to get your money back if you want. I know he's not in it anymore, but you, I'm just thinking of an analogy. You didn't get what you paid for. This is not what I was advertised to get. So I think that's a very good call and it's a good place to leave it. Outstanding grievances. The today. tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. No. You're going to hear about it. I really enjoyed everybody's contribution to the program today. Rob Divill was fuego, and Brian Winhorst was outstanding, and the callers were great. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it at all times. I have one more piece of business before we're done. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long Long after after it's time. The genius, you said? Your genius. He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant. Okay, I've told you before, Hembo and I will sit here and we will preach this until the cows come home. There is a reason that there are all these big, fancy buildings in Las Vegas. There's a reason all these casinos can afford all those lights. And that is because people don't take them to the cleaners. I have repeatedly told you that if you see an enormous take, if you see all the money in any circumstance going in one direction, you need to go the other way. Doesn't mean you will hit 100% of the time. Anyone who tells you that they can give you a tip in which you will hit 100% of the time is lying to you. But I'm telling you right now, you will hit more than 50% of the time. And here is what I'm going to tell you. So I mentioned yesterday on the air, France versus Switzerland, that 93% of the money, 93% of the bets and 97% of the money had been on France. And so I told you, and we all should have seen it coming, that Switzerland was going to beat France. So this time I'm going to give you the forewarning, okay? Saturday, England is playing Ukraine in the quarterfinal of the Euros. Now, I'm not an expert in England, right? I, I, I'm not sitting here telling you I'm going to break down Harry Kane's game. I did see Prince Philip and Catherine cheering in the box yesterday during that game. But here's what I can tell you. This is the ticket count for the England-Ukraine quarterfinal. 
0.9% of the wagering has been on a draw. One of the outcomes, of course, in a soccer match is a draw, which this can't actually be. This can't be a draw. This is the quarterfinal, so I don't know what that's about. I, I don't know if, they, if it can be a draw if it goes to the PKs. Ukraine, 0.1%. 99% of the money, 99% of the handle, as of yesterday, was on England. If it stays that way, that's one I might consider taking a little taste of. Just a little tip, just a little note. We will see what happens on Saturday. Anyway, once again, thank you so much for being a part of it today. This was really fun. Thanks again to Dibs. Thanks to Wendy. Thanks for everybody for calling and sharing your grievances. We'll see the Clippers and the Suns and a whole lot more tonight. And I'll be back in better than ever. Same time, same place tomorrow. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.